2: Chiefs fans, football fans, and podcast fans alike, welcome aboard. I'm Jordan Foote, and this is the Roughing the Kicker podcast, the Kansas City Chiefs podcast in association with Arrowhead Report. As always, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Thanks for making us a part of it. And with that said, let's jump into today's show. Now I've got the man himself, Connor Christofferson, back to do um, our Roughing the Mailbag segment. Connor um, can be followed on Twitter at Connor underscore DKC. He's a frequent guest of the podcast i might as well call him the co-host at this point connor how's it going man
0: wow you're really uh, singing the praises i'm enjoying that um it's going good i actually was supposed to be in las vegas this week however they reinstituted the mask mandate and we didn't have anything solid booked so we were like let's just have a staycation with our days off from work instead so this whole week's just been relaxing playing some video games, and uh, eating way too much junk food.
2: Yeah, Connor was going to go to Vegas, but he cares so much about the podcast that he just canceled the entire thing and said, you know, I have my spot on and the Kicker. I have to be there in case something happens, and here he is.
0: Yeah, I was like, I have to record on Thursday with Jordan, or the whole podcast will fall apart, so I'm sorry. I don't want to go to Vegas for a week.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That is a company man through and through. He truly just cares about everybody involved. Connor, I, I'm so happy you did that.
0: Yeah. And the other nice thing is tonight I'm going to get BOGO wings at uh Buffalo Wild Wings. So, you know, it's it's all coming up millhouse.
2: Oh yeah, there's nothing better than that. Me and my brother do that probably once every couple weeks. Um, and it's usually his idea, so I make him pay for it, which is even better. He'll say, Oh, let's go get bogo wings at beat I'm like, Okay, well I get the the get one free and you can pay, <laughs> and we'll call it good. I'll drive out there. So um, that's always
0: good stuff. It's not a bad deal for you.
2: Yeah, yeah. And another not bad deal for me is roughing the mailbag. It's my favorite part uh. of the week. Um, I think it's everybody's favorite part of the week. We have, I guess, kind of three questions this week, kind of like five, because the last one is composed of several kind of moving parts. So um, let's jump in with the first one. It's from Wes Burns, our guy. He asks, so everyone talks about how hyped they are to see the offensive line this year. Um, What about, what other unit, sorry, are you most excited to see in action this year? Connor, I'm going to let you take it away. I have two because I couldn't pick one. I don't know how many you have picked out.
0: I have two. um, With all the camp hype, I'm actually excited to see how the linebackers play. Um, Because we're getting reports that Nick Bolton and Willie Gay both have been looking good. Willie Gay obviously had the concussion, but they Mm -hmm. said it's a minor one. So he should be back out there probably next week. Um, So that shouldn't affect him too much. And we've been seeing Nick Bolton play a lot more with the ones, uh, recording interceptions, looking pretty good. So I think I want to see how they play. I don't know if I would say I'm hyped per se, because I I try not to buy into camp hype too much. Mm Um, it's not working with Trey Smith and Noah Gray, but I try not to too much. But I'm definitely intrigued and optimistic to see both uh, Bolden and Gay play and see if they can translate it. Um, I'm not going to say the second one because I think you might have the second one. I don't want to take the spotlight from you, Jordan. So what is one of yours? So my first
2: one was the linebacker group, and I okay. was excited. I, I said the same things. Like I also try not to buy into camp hype. Um, I think Nick Bolton can translate a lot easier than Willie Gay did last season. Um, for one, he is a smarter player at this stage in his development. He kind of picks things up quicker. Um, right. And two, he has an actual off season. He has on-hand work, um, kind of stuff that he can learn instead of being behind a, a Zoom background and stuff like that in a camera. So my other one, it's got to be the wide receiver group. I just, okay. I can't wait. Did you have something different? I had something different. Okay. Um, That's good. I think that really with McCole Hardman coming into his own potentially and the Chiefs are hyping him up, the Beat reporters are hyping him up, um, when Nate Taylor talks, people listen, we listen. Um, He doesn't do stuff like that on accident, so that's going to be interesting really. Um, Demarcus Robinson playing for – he's always playing for a contract, but like the whole thing about I could have 1,000 yards, all that good stuff, he's (laughs) motivated. Um, Byron Pringle getting opportunities potentially – cornell powell no one has been really talking about him throughout camp like i know after he was drafted there was a ton yeah after he was drafted there was a ton of talk about how he could be the number two receiver by the end of the year stuff like that um i drank the kool-aid on that and said well if it's not the end of this season maybe the beginning of next season he could do that um so i'm excited to see the linebacker group obviously but on offense the wide receiver group is going to be fun i think i know what you're going to say and i think it's the probably most logical answer to this is it the offensive line
0: uh no because they said other than the offensive line right
2: oh yeah Uh, apparently i can't read the questions that i
0: put together for the podcast that's fine i mean like it happens to all of us um (laughs) i'm actually going to say one group only because of two players the tight end group because i always love to watch travis kelsey play i want to see if he can start stacking up seasons in his 32 years that no other tight end has um, because I do think he can. And I just want to see Noah Gray play. They keep hyping him up. They called him, a, or Nate Taylor called him, like a white stallion on the beach. And so I want to see what his role is specifically. Like, we've been theorizing what his role will be, but we don't know for sure yet. So I want to see what his role is. I want to see him play, because when you watch his film at Duke, his hips move like no other tight end can other than maybe Travis Kelsey. So having them both on the field at once is a interesting proposition. And I think Blake Bell is going to be better than any tight end they've trotted even behind Travis Kelsey the past few years. So having a one, two, three potentially if they cut Kaiser of Kelsey, Gray, and Bell, that's a cool and fun group to me.
2: Yeah, 100%. And I was talking to Josh Briscoe about this um, on Wednesday night actually about the tight end group and Noah Gray. Look, he could be better than anyone they've trotted out, like you said, and that includes Blake Bell, who has the higher floor, obviously, among the players like him, Nick Kaiser, and and Noah Gray, but Gray is more versatile in the stuff he can do. Um, He moves better. He's a better athlete. He's a shiny new toy. Yes, he's the shiny new toy that has the higher ceiling, and who knows um, what the Chiefs are going to do in terms of getting him involved and stuff like that, but... I'm just super excited for it. I think he has some versatility to line up um, in empty sets in different spots. He could be an H-back if they needed him to fill that role temporarily. The blocking leaves a bit to be desired, but he just, you said his hips move well. I think that I use the word wiggle really frequently, and I I don't know what else to use to describe it, but he has a little bit of nuance to his route running that still needs some work.
0: He has a lot of the Kelsey wiggle in him. Yes, he does. That's probably why people are calling him Baby Kelsey because they both have that, the loose hips that you don't really see from guys 240 pounds and up.
2: Yeah. And I hate to throw that comp out there, but it really, that's who it reminds me of. Like watching him, I think that, like you said, the one, two, three punch or even a one, two punch, the Chiefs tight end group's in a much better spot heading into this season than it has been in the recent past.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what I was excited for, for them. The wide receiver group, I'm cautiously optimistic for. But one thing with McCole Hardman that concerns me is a lot of people are saying, well, there goes McCole Hardman continuing to have a great camp by catching a go route deep. I'm like, we know he does that well. Um, so him furthering that it doesn't really like make me buy into him as much i want to know how he's doing on the underneath routes and we've had some reports that he's been doing well and then we see some videos where it looks a bit rough so um, i'm cautiously optimistic that all the reports about him are indicative of him playing well um, i just need to see it on the field first because that's more of a see to believe type thing than something like a noah gray or trey smith playing well because i was expecting that
2: yeah 100 percent. and speaking of being on the field seeing to believe all that good stuff Kyle Henning wants to know, with all the talk about Key and Parks, how many safeties make this roster? Now, I think that we both agree, Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, Dan Sorensen, they aren't going anywhere. They are locks. Now, behind them, I kind of have a hot take that I want to kind of hear your thoughts about first um, before I kind of unleash what I think might happen here.
0: Uh, you want to lead with it or you want my opinion first? I
2: I want your opinion
0: first. You're the smart one, soften up the looser, uh, the listeners with before you come in scorching. Um, I think they're really talking up a key a lot, is what I my interpretation has been. And we know they're going to carry at least the first three that you mentioned in uh, Matthew Sorensen and Thornhill. Um, It kind of depends because the safeties kind of work in tandem with the cornerback depth because i'm i'm guessing they think of the secondary as a whole as like what they would roster so if they want to if one if the cornerbacks are disappointing they might carry five safeties to kind of like pad it in a different way um i would guess one of key or parks makes it and then the other goes to the practice squad and i think it's going to be key from what i've been hearing so far Um, He's really been impressing, and he's actually gotten reps with the ones, right, I believe, Um, sometimes. So I'm I'm thinking it's just going to be key. That doesn't seem very um, controversial, so I'm curious what you're going to say then, Jordan.
2: Well, I was going to ask you how you felt about Armani Watts and how he fits into... So it's not a hot take to say I think he's not going to end up making it?
0: I, I don't think it's a hot take per se. I think there's a realistic shot, um, just because if Key and Parks show out on special teams, that's really where Watts has shined um, so far in his Chief tenure. Um, But if they do that as well, the Chiefs might just go for the young guys and see if they can develop further because they know what they have in Watts by now. So um, kind of a hot take. Also, I could definitely see it happening.
2: Yeah, and I think Will Parks, he's a guy I'm pretty high on, not in terms of making a huge impact, but in terms of the high floor, he has the slot versatility, um, he has experience, he's a guy that I think can step in when needed and do an adequate job or close to it. And then Key, six foot one, 210, he has decent size, he's an instinctual player, he's a punishing player. I was able to watch a little bit of um, his past footage and stuff like that. He's trending upward. The team seems to like him quite a bit. Um, You mentioned, even in the past couple days, they've been talking him up. Spags has been talking him up. Um, Brett Veach found him as an undrafted guy. He just has a knack for doing those late round or undrafted guys. And I think one of those guys will be a practice squad member, I think. And it's going to be key, probably, because Will Parks is more experienced. But that just leaves Armani Watts as the odd man out. Because, look, man, they're not going to carry six safeties. Like, it just isn't going to happen. They have too much else um, around the roster to do stuff like that. And it's not like Armani Watts is a bad player or anything. He just hasn't lived up to the little bit of hype he had coming into the Chiefs organization. So I think because of the offseason additions, he's going to be the odd man out.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see that because there is not enough roster spots right now for the amount of talent they seem to have at safety um, so that usually leaves somebody odd man out. And I, if I was somebody like Brett Veach, I would, as we're going into an era where Mahomes is making more than his rookie deal, I've written about how he'll be making less than people think, but he'll be making more than his rookie deal. You just have to find those edges. And I think giving young guys more opportunities so you can have cheap contracts, like they're doing with Trey Smith and uh, Noah Gray and all the rookie classes last year, um, is the way you find those edges. and. Devon key and, um, and the other safety ever has name. For Will second. parks, uh, Will parks, um, are two guys where you can do that. So I just think that they're going to do that as opposed to an Armani Watts, who I think is on the last year of his rookie deal or close to it. Um, and has been injured sometimes. And so it's just, they might just want some fresh blood and that happens. It's the NFL. Yep.
2: I agree with you, man. And speaking of fresh blood, Um, The Chiefs did bring Cornell Powell into the receiver room this offseason. They didn't change a whole lot else. Nick G has kind of a series of questions here. I'm just going to rattle them all off in succession before we go ahead. Um, He said, how many receivers do the Chiefs keep? Who's the last man in that starting group? And does Jody Fortson make the roster for tight ends? Now, I'm going to go... In reverse order, I think, real quick. (laughs) Um, I don't think Jody Fortson makes the roster. He just, despite our best efforts to make that a thing, I don't think he's going to do it. I think he could be a practice squad guy. The transition from wideout to tight end is difficult. The size doesn't buy you that kind of... It's not like going from tackle to guard or something where, oh, he's good enough to do that or he has the size to do that. I don't think he's made enough progress. The room is stacked at that point um i think they could carry four tight ends but i think nick kaiser could be that fourth guy i don't even know if they're going to do that um i like jody Fortson. i like the the camp prowess he has as a player i just don't think he's going to make it and then starting unit I, I guess i would call that the top
0: three or four would you just
2: go through the depth chart at that point less
0: man in that starting unit <sighs> let's mean, just yeah, combine i was thinking them. about I was thinking about just on the roster, period. Yeah,
2: let's just, how many, Connor, do you think they're going to keep and who are those amount of players?
0: Wide receivers that they're going to keep. That's a tough one just because the middle part of the Chiefs roster for wide receivers is so murky, I feel. Um, and we haven't heard a ton about other players other than Michael Hardman, at least how they feel about him right now. Um, And they definitely signed a lot of wide receivers. Uh, I think they're carrying like 16 or something. I don't know. It's some absurd number, it feels like. Um, So I think they're going to take probably five is my guess. I don't know how many they took last year. Do you know off the top of your head? It felt like five or six. I think it might have been, yeah. That's what teams usually carry. Um, And you've, of course, got Tyreek. McColl is going to be one of them you feel like DeMarcus will be, you feel like Pringle will be, and that leaves the last one. And it's like, well, that's Cornell Powell, right? So unless they take six, then that means to me, the guy that they've talked up a lot, um, but might not make it is Antonio Callaway. Uh, but I could see a world where they go, we like Antonio Callaway so much, we're going to surprise move on from Byron Pringle, or something of that sort. Um, because unless Cornell is disappointing heavily in a training camp, which I don't think he is, he's going to be on the roster as well, um, which kind of leaves guys like Marcus Kemp out in the cold. So you kind of go, maybe they will take six. And it might just be Kemp because a Dave two pick, <laughs> because he really wants them for special teams again. And he's apparently been playing pretty well um, in training camp. So I think it's fluid and it kind of depends on if they want the roster spots elsewhere, it's going to be five or six. And it depends on if they want to carry somebody like Marcus Kemp for special teams. Um, But it's probably going to be the, the names you would think they would be. I don't think there's going to be surprises, and the surprise would be Antonio Callaway making it over one of the established guys.
2: What's up, guys? Thanks again for listening to today's show and taking some time to welcome Roughing the Kicker into your speakers and headphones. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsored programs, and right after that, we'll
0: be right back.
2: I think they keep five that are locks. It's got to be Hill, Hardman, Robinson, Pringle, Powell, probably in that order. There just hasn't been enough of um, Cordell Powell hype for him to jump one of them on the depth chart. Granted, he's going to get some opportunities to do some stuff. um, But Byron Pringle, you know what you're going to get with him. Demarcus Robinson, you know what you're going to get with him. McCull Hardman is getting every opportunity, it seems, to cement himself as not the X, the number two receiver in the Chiefs offense since they do a bunch of different stuff. Tyreek Hill, obviously the top dog, one of the best in the NFL. Then you have Garrick Dieter, you have Marcus Kemp, you have Antonio Callaway. I think Dieter is a practice squad guy. I think Kemp even... The,
0: designated, the designated Mahomes' friend practice squad slot.
2: Connor, I was going to clip this for the YouTube video or the... I was gonna clip it and post it. Now I can't.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Some some Dieter hate is that why we can't throw that on YouTube? We can't
2: tweet slander. No, it's Garrick Dieter. He's gonna be on the practice squad. I think Marcus Kemp, even with the special teams prowess, he's going to be on the practice squad. And I think Antonio Callaway breaks camp with the team. I think he he's not going to unlock anything down the field, but he can enhance some things down the field he's a guy that i think can do what the Chiefs are looking for in a receiver he has the very abbreviated track record to do it Um, i could see a world in which antonio callaway not only breaks camp with the team but also gets a few snaps where he can prove what he is capable of and that with the preseason being abbreviated um, that's going to be interesting to see because usually you would have like the starters barely play. The starters play a little bit. The starters play a lot, and then they dress or they just dress up and don't play at all. This year, I don't know what it's going to look like with three games. How many games? Um, how many quarters do guys like Mahomes and he'll get? Then how do they divvy up the stuff around the edges of the roster in the third game? Do they already have an idea of who they want? Um, do they purposefully? I was listening to, um, I think it was Outkick, like really early in the morning. It was like five thirty. Jeff Schwartz was talking about how he got like sat before one preseason game because he was getting cut, and like he already knew he was getting cut. Or no, he got pulled in the middle of a game, and then at halftime they wanted to play somebody else to see what they had in them, but teams go both ways with that. They can pull players and say, we want to protect you so your tape doesn't get out and other teams don't think you're good, or we're going to cut you, we want to see what they have here, so... Um, it's worth keeping an eye on this preseason. Try not to read into it too much, though. I think that's also the message with training camp as a whole. We're on the same page there. So uh, that's a long story to reach the conclusion of Hill, Hardman, Robinson, Pringle, Powell, and Antonio Calloway for my six.
0: That's fair. Um yeah, I think it'll just depend on the preseason. It's hard to say right now um, before even any preseason games. And I'm glad they lowered it to three preseason games. Um, that was sorely needed. It probably should go down to two. I know some coaches won't like that, but reducing the chance for some of these players to get injured um, is just probably worth it at this point. You don't want people tearing their ACLs in meaningless um, preseason games, and I'm sure players would appreciate it. More veterans than the um, roster bubble guys because it's less games to show out. It, but it just makes uh, training camp more um, important for those guys, I believe. So I actually have a question for you, Jordan. Let's uh, hear it. There's too much positivity on our on our podcast. We need to go. We need to try something else. Is there a position group that you are worried about right now on the Chiefs roster? Um any worries or even players that you're worried about or just general things that you are worried about?
2: That is a really good question. What am I worried about at least a little bit with the Chiefs? I think I'm gonna regret saying this because it's gonna blow up in my face. However, and this isn't a for. okay, this isn't a worry, rather a we need to pump the brakes a little bit. Speaking of training camp, um, don't buy into all the hype quite yet. I don't think Chris Jones is going to have this all-pro career 15 to 20 sack type season. Now, do I think he could have a really good year and have like 12 and a half, 13 sacks, um, play better run defense than he has in the past? Could that technically count as a career year? I suppose so, but like... The hype has gotten out of control. Like People are talking about Defensive Player of the Year. They're talking about him just being absolutely insane. Yes, he's winning a lot of reps in camp. Yes, that's a fantastic thing. Yes, he can still have a good year. But certain accounts on Twitter, even some media members, are really hammering home the point about Chris Jones just absolutely dominating at camp. And I think multiple things can be true. You could be dominant at camp and still not transition that to the regular season. It happens every Jody Fortson is one of the best camp players the Chiefs have had recently. Obviously, Chris Jones, a proven commodity in the NFL, but with the transition to defensive end, um, he's a great athlete. He's a great player. He's going to have a good season, I think. But is he going to just flat-out wreck the NFL? Um, I know that people probably don't literally think he's going to get defensive player of the year. At least I don't think they do. Um, I just pump the brakes a, a tad bit on that. I think he's going to have a good year, but not quite as dominant as some people are saying. I just don't want him to not reach the bar set by um, some unrealistic sure. expectations.
0: Yeah, and I think with him, one thing you have to realize with these one-on-one uh, Twitter videos that everybody's saying is those one-on-ones favor the defensive player. Yeah. Most people um, – especially people have actually done those one-on-ones in NFL training camps say that, yeah, the defensive player has an edge in those just because there's no traffic for the defensive player to um, try and um, go around. And it's just innately just favors them and what they want to do because as an offensive lineman, you're kind of just there to survive. That's really their job is just to survive. And then when you're just put one-on-one against a freak like Chris Jones, even like Joe Tooney is going to look a bit silly sometimes. Um, So, I wouldn't put too much stock. It's nice that you were just seeing him win all the time, especially against elite um, proven commodities at, on offensive line like Joe Tooney. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't go expecting. I know he set the goal for um, the sack record. I wouldn't go in expecting him to get close to it. Um, we have to see how he plays at a position he's never played at in the NFL first before um, we can start singing those praises. I've said this a few times, um, but I definitely have a worry about the Chiefs roster, and it's cornerback. Um, I know a lot of people are really high on LeJarius Sneed, and like we've seen Chavarius Ward play well. Um, they do have like Tyron Matthew behind them. It's just when you have all these unproven players, and you're leaning on a, a second-year player who played 30% of the snaps his rookie year to be your cornerstone secondary player... Um, things can go wrong and um, if he does if legeria steen does not take the next step you're left with probably the least talented cornerback room the chiefs have had in a while so and, and it and also if like baker and hughes don't really work out your depth's not that great you have fenton ward and sneed and that's it so if there's one injury you're kind of thin there so i'm just training camp's the time for a ton of positivity as we did that for the first part of the podcast. I just felt like, you know, let's talk about the things we're a bit worried about. And I'm hoping that um, the young cornerback group proves me wrong. We see LeJerry Sneed ball out as CB1. Um, but I'm definitely a bit worried about them. And I feel like it could definitely bring down the um, ceiling for the defense if they do not play well.
2: And that's a fair thing. Like I wrote when, Um, Bashad Breland was still a free agent that their cornerback philosophy is going to be tested. And by the time people are listening to this podcast, it's probably embedded in an article titled The Pressures on Legarius Need to Perform in 2021. Like something similar to that because it's true. um, It's it's a lot for a young player to have to hold up to um, and live up to. He is going to be doing some slot work and some outside work. The Chiefs are going to try to get him those nickel blitzes as much as they can they're going to try to get him to be established in in run fits and discipline as much as they can there it's that's it's a, a lot. lot yes
0: for a second year player who played 30 percent of the snaps last year yeah. i'm I say that a lot but it's just like it feels like the cornerstone of their secondary game plans this year is going to be placed on his shoulders and he, he was a fourth-round rookie from Louisiana Tech. I mean, like, he played well last year, but we've seen Chavarius Ward had a great first year with the Chiefs, too. And then he kind of, like, stagnated at that level, which is still a decent player. But I don't think a good secondary, if, like, the same projection for Ward happens with Sneed, I don't think the secondary can have him as the cornerstone if that happens. He could take the next step, and then it could work out. It's just, it's a lot to to put your bets on and there's other fail safes in the other position groups that cornerback doesn't have. That just makes me worried about what happens if it doesn't go to plan.
2: Yeah. And you brought up cautious optimism. I think that's the perfect way to put it. Like is LeJarius need going to ascend into an elite cornerback? I think he's going to this season, but small sample size. We've seen it happen before with the chiefs. That is definitely worth bringing up. Mike Hughes, um, who knows what's going to happen there? DeAndre Baker, who knows what's going to happen there? Charvarius Ward, ironically, is kind of a constant at this point, like one yeah. of the most proven quarterbacks on the team, which isn't necessarily a great thing, so it is a lot for the need to have to live up to this season. No one is demanding that he becomes a premier like lockdown quarterback, but they are demanding that he plays well in both slots. Um, the PFF grades matchup, like whatever it is, he's going to have to play well. He's going to have to generate turnovers. He's going to have to be a good run defender. He's going to have to get sacks on blitzes from his cornerback spot um, in the slot. He's going to have to be the second best player, maybe third, if Juan Thornhill really cements himself back again this season. Um, a top three player in that secondary in order to live up to the hype.
0: Yeah, I'm just concerned with that because even I wouldn't even say it's cautiously optimistic. I'm just cautious of the secondary. I think that's the weak link of the defense for sure, um, especially because I, I'm i buying a bit into the linebacker hype. I think they can be actually average this year, um, which I hope so considering the amount of resources they've invested in it. But they've invested no resources really in the secondary, and so it's all on Sneed. So I think if you look at the offense – I'd be the most concerned about the wide receiver room. And on defense, it would be the cornerback room. And in a passing driven NFL, feels like a weird bet the Chiefs are making, but um, it'll be interesting to see how it works out.
2: Yeah, it's it's a bold strategy, (laughs) to say the least. Um, I think that um, really the pressure is always on, except for on the Roughing the Kicker podcast. We just like to have fun. We just kind of kick back and chill. But um, Connor, you have anything for us before we go?
0: Um, not really just, uh, I took a, I'm taking like a small tweeting break before the season. So I've just been tweeting like once or twice a day. I'm just reading all the camp stories, but you can follow me over at, uh, Connor underscore DKC. I will probably be tweeting a lot during the season. So, uh, that will, that will definitely be manifesting itself.
2: Yeah. Connor teed me up for this one. You can follow him on Twitter again at Connor with an E underscore DKC. You can follow me on Twitter at footnoted. That's F O O T E N O T E D. Connor has a great article coming out soon. Um, may or may not be out by the time you're listening to this podcast. Um, it's going to be over at ArrowheadReport.com. Check that out. Check out the discord server and join that. So you can interact with us and the other MVLs, all of the links to all that stuff um, in my pin tweet on Twitter. So on Monday, I'm going to be back with Mark Van Sickle. We're going to do our Mondays with Mark segment. So until then, have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday.
1: The Roughing the Kicker Chiefs podcast is a Kansas City Chiefs podcast hosted and produced by Jordan Foote in association with ArrowheadReport.com and almost entirely LLC. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts or by going to smarturl.it slash show. For more Kansas City Chiefs coverage, go to Sports Illustrated's home through the Kansas City Chiefs, ArrowheadReport.com.